Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is Friday, February 26, 2021. Um, Today we're reading from the big book, and we're on page 40, the first paragraph that begins, We Heard No More of Fred. We're going to do one paragraph. Uh, Today's readers are, uh, for the 12 steps, Pam uh, R. For the 12 traditions, Adrian Adrian N. For the uh, uh, big book, Marge O., Barbara E., Susan H., and uh, newcomer greeters, Ken W.H., and the host on the second hour is going to be Matt. Okay, uh, the reference numbers for yesterday uh, for the uh, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,468, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 16,469. OA's preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Pam R. to read the 12 steps. Pam? Good morning. Pam R., compulsive overeater from Texas, and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share this month. And with that, I'll pass. Well, thank you, Pam, for your service this month. Uh, all right, uh, now we'll have the 12 traditions, and I'm going to ask uh, Adrian N. to read the 12 traditions. Adrian? Thank you. This is Adrian N. from Florida. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself. Oh, sorry. Gosh. Okay. Um, what was I on, number two? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, two. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And uh, I have to make amends for that alarm. I um, I thought I was prepared, but I guess I wasn't 100% prepared. <laughs> you did great. Thank you very much, Adrian. And thank you for your service in the month of February. All right. Um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers of six months, there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. Again, in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book uh, on page 40, the first paragraph that begins, we heard no more of Fred. Uh, I'm now going to ask Marge O to read and, and, and take the first share, Marge. Star one, Marge. Good morning. Thank you, Craig. And uh-huh. thanks for this opportunity. Marjo from Massachusetts, recovered and grateful. We heard no more of Fred for a while. One day we were told that he was back in the hospital. This time he was quite shaky. He soon indicated he was anxious to see us. The story he told is most instructive, for here was a chap absolutely convinced he had to stop drinking, who had no excuse for drinking, who exhibited splendid judgment and determination in all his other concerns, yet he was flat on his back nevertheless. So Fred and Marge have a lot in common. I had lots of of periods of, quote, dieting, where I would lose the weight, and then suddenly as it says in in these readings, I was back at it again. I had no idea about the allergy of the body. I also had no idea that I was suffering from a spiritual malady, which, of course, we will see that Fred Fred has the same thing going on in his in his in his head. You know, the 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 body just wants 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 once it's imbibed. And once I imbibed, that was it. It might be only 10 more pounds, and it might be 50 pounds. I might take off 50 and gain 75, but it was always constant, and it was my my life was smooth. I had no excuse for overeating that I knew about. I absolutely did not know. I didn't know that once I once I started, there I was, flat on my back again, except I'd be standing on the scale wondering, how did this happen? How did I gain all that weight? So as we are to learn, and have I have learned because of visions in Overeaters Anonymous, there's more to this. There's three parts to this disease, and the spiritual malady that I suffered from has to have constant attention, in my opinion. I have to do my 10, I have to do my 11, and I must do my 12, which, as a friend of mine says in program, is the gem of the 12 steps, to go forward to help others and to give service to all to all my fellows in any way that I can. So with that, I'm going to close. And thank you, Craig, for being your Friday woman all of February. I pass. All right, Mark. All right, Marge. Thank you very much. Okay, now we're going to take a list of names of people that would like to share on this paragraph. We uh, ask you that if you've uh, shared in the last two days, that is, Wednesday or Thursday that uh, you uh, hold back and allow other people an opportunity to participate. Uh, So uh, who would like to share on this paragraph?
Lou B from Texas. Barbara B. E. Barbara E. Got you, Barbara. Thank you. This is Larry. I'm sorry, Kay. who was that? I got you, Larry. Who was that before Larry? Elise M. Huh? I'm I'm sorry, I talked over you. Elise. I'm I'm having trouble. Maybe it's my hearing. It's going. All right. I got you down. We'll have to fumble with your name. Who that? Who else? I have Luby, Barbara E, Elise M, I think, and Larry K. Susan H. Susan Sharon H. B. Sharon B from Brooklyn. Is that Karen B? Sharon S H. Oh, Sharon B. Okay. Thank Shelly you. R. All right. Who was that R? Shelly. Sally R. There was somebody faint in the background there. Christoph L. Christoph L. Okay, well, let's call that a good list. Um, I have Lou B, Barbara K, or Barbara E, Alice, Elise M, Larry K, Susan H, Sharon B, Sally R, and Christoph L. Um, I hope I got that all straight. Uh, Lou B, you're up. Good morning. This is Luby, and I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for hearing me, Craig, and thank you for your service. Um, so what I see in this paragraph is the progression of Fred's disease. You know, he he was um he was he he didn't think he needed needed help, right? He knew what he needed to do and he was gonna be okay. Self knowledge would fix it in the last paragraph, and here we find him. Lou B, star one, to unmute your phone, please. Good morning. This is Lou B. Thank you. Um, So I'm not sure if you heard anything I said, but I am grateful to be here, and thank you for your service, Craig. So um, what I read about or what I hear in this paragraph is uh, the progression of Fred's disease and how in the last paragraph he thought that self-knowledge would fix him and now we find him quite shaky and um, flat on his back, you know. And and I know that, that my disease, I think about it like coming in waves, like sometimes I would feel fine and other times I would be, be I don't, I wasn't ever flat on my back. I was usually in a fetal position in a dark room somewhere. Sorry, I had my speakerphone on. But uh, anyway, I, I, um, I see the progression of, of my disease when I read this paragraph and, and how it, it um, you know, continued to baffle me. And, um, 
Anyway, so today, though, uh, like the opening share said, you know, there, I, I, I don't have to be in a fetal position somewhere. I can be with fellows and in conscious contact with my higher power. And um, because, you know, I do, uh, I am absolutely convinced I have to stop. And I, I have no excuse for eating today. My life is far too good and far too wonderful to do those things. But the only way I know how to stay stopped um, is to work these steps and to do things like be on this meeting in the morning and get on my knees in the morning and take pauses during the day and, and, and do 10 steps when I feel disturbed. And then and then close the day by having a review of my day and just basically staying in conscious contact with my whole power as much as possible because for me that's the only way, only way that I have found that I can stop. And I've tried lots and lots of different ways like many of us have. But the great news is that life can be full and joyful and useful um, even when I have this disease. So thanks so much for letting me share and I hope everybody has a great day. I pass. Okay, thank you, Lou. Next up, we have Barb E. Barb, Barbara E. Oh, good morning, Can you tell everyone. us the page number? Yeah, we're on page 40, the first paragraph. Go ahead, Barb. Okay. Today in 2021, I relate to every one of the men we're reading about the man who had a few words with his boss and knew he wasn't being too smart and yet went into a bar with the excuse that perhaps he could find a prospect for a car and had the idea that putting whiskey in his milk would not hurt him. And it worked so well, he had several more. And then we read about the thrill seeker rushing out in front of a speeding car Gambling, maybe it wouldn't hurt him quite as badly as this time. Like a gambler, I was getting out of getting out of getting a thrill out of gambling. For me, eating a slice of pizza, thinking one slice probably won't hurt me. So several later, days later, I might go back and have two and see what would happen. And soon I was back in my addiction, unable to stop. And today we're with Fred who thought he had some of the traits of an alcoholic, but he felt he had the self-knowledge to handle it on his own. Well, that was me too. They were all me. I truly thought I'd earned all the self-knowledge, forgetting about the allergy that caused me to have cravings that led me back to the obsession and started the cravings within my body. I was again powerless to stop from eating, reasonably, comfortably, normally. And when I was told I needed to find the power of God or whatever you wish to call it, I was skeptical, unwilling to believe that there was anything out there that cared about me and my food issues. How could he, would he be able to help me? But I was told I must trust if I ever wish to recover I had to accept that there was something out there stronger than me in, uh, to support me in my humanness. So it's imperative I must be willing to trust that when I'm standing at the top of a tall ladder and I can't see the bottom, I trust and take that first step without seeing the bottom with my higher power 
there to protect me. Acceptance for me means giving up hope of a better past and living in the present for a day can be as wonderful as you and your attitude. Always remembering that my mind, which is sick, created the problem, so I alone can't solve the problem. The power, the power, the arrogance to think I could tell my higher power what to do. I just had to open my mind and my heart and let my higher power lead me. I'm open to having it done to me, not by me. Everyone, I think, must agree that we always are unbelievably fortunate people, fortunate that we've suffered so much that we know and understand and love each other so well. Indeed, most of us are well aware that these are rare gifts. Make use of them. Make a phone call today. Thank you. I pass. Okay, thanks, Barb. Next, I think we have Elise M. Elise? Did I get that wrong? Perhaps I did. All right. Well, let's go straight to Larry K. And if you're Elise M. and you did, then you can come back later. Uh, Larry? Oh, hey, Craig. Thanks for your service. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, Larry K. from Chicago, recovered. You know, I can certainly relate to uh, Fred, you know, because apparently this guy had had splendid judgment and determination and and all these, you know, various concerns, um, you know, but, but going, you know, it, it took me back in my mind about 25 or so years ago, I was completing my doctoral studies and, and the expectation, you know, was made pretty clear that we were expected to use this, this body of, you know, I'll call it synthetic uh, theoretical knowledge, you know, uh, critical thinking skills and so forth. And, and, and there was and still is this uh, diagnostic tool um, that you would use. It, it, I mean, talk about a big book. This thing is busting at the seams. It's got all the classifications of the different disorders and so forth. And anyway, we spent day after day using, you know, these critical thinking skills that they gave us and these evaluative skills. And we were drilled over and over to think rigorously, right, and independently and, and sort of bring all this synthetic knowledge together. And in the midst of all that judgment and determined effort, you know, all that I could think about minute after minute was the excitement of the next binge. And I've got to tell you that I, I, I suppose, you know, there were peers of mine that they, they were consumed by the diagnostic theories and criteria and all that stuff, but not me, not this dope, you know. See, from the moment that I woke up to the moment I fell asleep, my mind was flooded with, with basically two, th- two, two lines of thinking. One was, you know, where can I get the, the, the food substance, that, that exciting food substance next, or the, or the gut-wrenching shame and guilt, you know, surrounding my eating habits. And, and maybe I wasn't literally flat on my back like Fred, but I was baffled like Fred for sure. And I think surrender is deeply misunderstood because you know, we, we view it as weakness sometimes, but it's, it's actually, I think, the bravest, uh, most lucid thing a human ever does. 
And for me, when fear gets the best of me, you know, I'm reminded to surrender to this divine love, to, to, to God for me, really. And today, um, one, one of the quotes that captures what recovery is like for me today, uh, just for today, before the awakening, the laundry. After the awakening, the laundry. <laughs> you know, it's, it's still the laundry. And I just release, try my best to release my resistance to, to God's love and his presence through these steps. Because, and, and I don't get precisely what I want, but I do get what I need. And I would imagine when Fred did that, he got what he needed as well. So thanks again, Craig. With that, I pass. Okay, Larry, thank you. Next we have Susan H. Susan? Good morning, Craig. This is Susan H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be here. What uh, struck me is that he was absolutely convinced he must stop. He had no excuse. He was a success story in every other way. And it reminds me that uh, the crux of the problem is that mental obsession that twisted the mind. And it doesn't depend on my outward situation. I've eaten when I was happy. I've eaten when I was heartbroken. I've eaten when I was angry. I've eaten when I was bored. It, it, everything led to food in my old life. And uh, so my mind and paying attention and uh, valuing my thoughts uh, is me being overblown because my mind got me in some big trouble. So every morning, I must ask for the willingness and ability to surrender in every way to God's love, to a higher power that I just didn't know. And uh, I'm so grateful to have access to today because my mind could not keep me away from that uh, obsession that my disease keeps with me. I'm grateful for where I am. I'm grateful I don't have to live like that today. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's all I have to talk about. Have a great day. I pass. All right. Uh, Thank you, Susan. Next we have, uh, uh, I believe it's Sharon B. Sharon? Good morning. I'm here. My name is Sharon. I'm a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater, recovering from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I'm going to be short and very to the point, which is a miracle in and of itself. First, going to talk about something that happened yesterday to me with my sponsor. Um, I was able to share with her this reality in my life having to do with my parents and my siblings in one blessed sentence. 
see, this is a person who has a condition that getting to the point is challenging. And she said, wow, this shows great humility that you were able to get to the point like that. Here's the thing. The thing that I relate to with Fred is not that I have ADD, not that I can't get to the point, but that I'm evasive, that I am self-sufficient to the max when I'm in my disease. When I'm in the solution, which is 99.9% of the time, there are two commas and one period. I clean house, I trust God, and I work with others, period. And the miracle, as we just heard a few moments ago, is that the, I won't use the word magic, I'll use the word miracle. The miracle of my recovery doesn't come, does not come from abstinence. It comes from trusting God and working with others. See, I've been in the rooms for decades and my miraculous recovery started four years ago. Why? I had a bottom to end all bottoms. I did not have a two-by-four whack me over the head. I had a plank. I had a God moment that has sustained me since. And I've been working with others like my life depends on it because it does. And what I'm grateful for is that each thing that I do in my life, I do like my life depends on it because guess what? It does. And that's what I learned from Fred, that self-sufficiency, though I'm addicted to self-sufficiency, that's part of my addiction. Um, I have these blessed tools to share, to use, to understand, and sometimes not understand, and I still do them. I'm going to share my time. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, next, we have Sally R. Sally? Hi, Craig. I think it's Shelly C.R. All right. Um, hi, everyone. This is Shelly C.R., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northern Minnesota. Um, thank you so much. Um, I am very grateful to be here. I um, This paragraph and, you know, hearing within the big book these different examples, um, and I find ways to relate to each person. Um, specifically with Fred, what jumped out with me today is about, you know, um, 
that sentence that says his story is most instructive <laughs> um, and it reminds me of how this is a text that I am reading the big book it is to study it is to learn from it is um, you know what my sponsor took me through to be able to understand that when I do these things when I follow what is written in here and use the information with the guidance from my sponsor and from others in the program, I am led down this path of having a, a spiritual awakening. And my stubbornness, my ego, um, my thinking that, you know, well, my best thinking led me here, so there's that. Um, but my, um, you know, me being right and having the answer and all of this, like that only stands in the way of me being able to be in connection with my higher power. And I very much thought that based on the knowledge that I had, that, you know, I was good, that it would be fine, that I, you know, I knew that I needed to stop eating um, the way that I was. And it eventually got to a place like I had to um, kind of hit my bottom. And I, I got to a place where if I was awake, I was putting something in my mouth. Like there was no, and, and I didn't want to. I got to a place where I did not want to be doing that. I wanted to stop and realize that I could not. And the great thing is that, you know, this the big book offers me the solution and it works. It works, but only when I work it and when I'm in connection with others and ultimately leading me to connection with my higher power. And that's what I focus on day to day and that gives me that daily reprieve and it gives me peace and serenity even though the things that are going on around me you know th those things don't change like none of that changed because i i'm in program because i'm recovered um <laughs> like that those things continue to happen life continues to happen um but i have a new way of living and how beautiful and amazing it is in ways that i never would have imagined so I'm just very grateful to be here, very grateful to hear from all of you. I learn so much each and every day, um, you know, coming to meetings, hearing uh, people's shares. I'm just so grateful. And with that, I will pass. Great. Thank you very much. Next, uh, uh, Christoph R. Or Christoph L., I mean. Christoph? Hi, this is Christoph L., a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. Uh, what strikes me with this paragraph um, is the uh, and the ones before is the uh, the succession of Fred and of myself to the program to this program of recovery. So a couple of milestones there that I can always think of um, that uh, you know there's there's first of all there's the problem developing the uh, that that phase of the problem starting to develop. We've We've uh, read about this. Um, and, uh, in Fred's case, he comes to know the solution next. So um, he has this problem developing, and he's being told about the solution, but he's not quite there yet to uh, to be ready to go to the solution. So he's going back to the problem developing to that kind of uh, thing. So you know, the next thing that he has is that the problem is is strong enough to be beyond human aid. That is his next milestone there. Uh, and, and he realizes that uh, not yet, but 
So he keeps going back to the problem developing more because he is not yet going to the solution. Um, so when he finds himself in the hospital again, he admits the problem. That is his next step. And only after that, he can latch on to the solution. He can, he can go to the solution and he can work this program and eventually recover. Um, for me, it was a little different. And I think the, the, um, the beauty of this, not the beauty, but, you know, kind of a, a thing is that this is different for everyone. These, these kind of milestones happen different for everyone. To me, my problem was developing and it was developing and then it became strong enough to be beyond human aid. And then I admitted the problem before I knew the solution. So I knew I had a problem before I knew of OA. I was desperate and, and really uh, ready for a solution well before I knew OA. So then when I knew of the solution, I immediately went on to, on to latching on to the solution. So I was, I was thoroughly ready. And I think um, it, is, it, is really, um, it is really important for me to understand that I am different from Fred in that respect as far as the timeline goes of, of the progression of my disease, knowing the problem the problem becoming strong enough to be beyond human aid and latching on to the solution. Um, it is different for me, for Fred, for my sponsee. You know, so that's, that's uh, an important part that I got today. And um, I really appreciate everyone here. And uh, thank you for your, your service, Craig. And thanks. Hope everyone has a great day. I pass. Okay, thank you, Christoph. I'm gonna <clears throat> go back and try uh, one more time for an Elise uh, did it because I was just sure that I heard an Elise is there did we miss you and are you wanting to share okay my my old ears they're not working like they used to um, all right we're ready to take some new names who else that hasn't shared in the last couple of days would like to uh, to share on this paragraph. Uh, Al G. Al G. Yes. Jason K. Jason K. Leslie W. Vasa O. Vasa O. Vanessa N. Vanessa N. N is a Nancy. N is a Nancy. Thank you. Nancy R. Nancy R. Rachel B. All right. I think I'm going to stop right there because I don't know that we'll have time. I we should uh, if we go. So, uh, Al G, you're up, Al. Come on. I know there was an algae. Star one, unmute. Can I be heard? Can I be heard? Yeah, I got you now. I'm I'm algae, Connecticut. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, people. Um I, I, I'm hundred and fifty five pounds by by the program lost that much weight in the program. And I've been around the room since nineteen eighty five and 
so many times I ended up like him. I, I don't even know. I mean, I jumped the scale 15 pounds heavier. I jumped down. I went up and down over and over in my life. Never could understand after binging whatever even happened. I don't even know. But by the grace of God, the program, I learned what was happening. And, um, you know, it was myself all one riot. I just went out of my mind with food. It was my relief for everything. There was no higher power in my life. And so I was like a guy on, in, 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 you know, right field without a glove, so to speak. And the program is amazing. I, I picked up the book four years ago. I have four years of back-to-back abstinence. And I did everything they told me what to do. And it really, really works. I got a sponsor. I got a sponsee. I work the steps. I wake up every morning trying to work hard to get a spiritual connection. I try not to leave the house without, you know, praying and doing my um, my 10-step, my morning prayers. And if I do all that they tell me to do, it works. Life gets better. And the reason I got back four years ago, I was sitting in my house depressed, and I said, this program says you're going to be happy, joyous, free. I said, either these people are a bunch of liars or something's going on here. So I opened up the book, and I found that's what I can get at the end of this um, road in life. And I have to work this program to the last day I'm on this earth. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Al. Next, we have Jason K. Jason? Hey, good morning, Craig, and happy to be here. And, and, and I really love Fred. You know, um, you know, when we look at the man of 30 and Jim, I resonate with Fred because I uh, believe very strongly in my self-knowledge. You know, the previous paragraph talking about self-knowledge would fix it. He's, he's not conceding fully. He's saying I'm far from this place where I'm unable to do anything about this on my own willpower. And Fred says it's just a matter of keeping vigilant and on guard. And, and, and for me, you know, I look at that sometimes, uh, you know, do I still try to rely on my mind and my thinking? Uh, and I have sponsees sometimes to say, they're just saying, I'm going to just be vigilant. I'm just going to look, you know, really, really hard. And I'm going to work really, really hard. And sometimes I say, you know, maybe you're relying on your mind. You know, maybe you're thinking, you know, you can fix it with your mind. And by being eternally vigilant, um, for me, there's a deeper surrender that I have to go through and I have to turn towards my higher power because my mind constantly let us down, uh, let me down. Uh, you know, I had all these re- reasons to stop. I had a good life, you know, while I was eating compulsively. There was no real outwardly large or, or big reason to eat compulsively, to keep binging and purging. And I kept asking, you know, what's wrong with me? What, you know, what problem is making me eat compulsively? Uh, and I love how said, uh, and I'm going to sort of cheat and go ahead a, a little bit because he eats compulsively at the end of a perfect day without a cloud on the horizon. And, and, and too many times, I, you know, I, I got caught up in thinking like, oh, I eat because I'm, you know, stressed. I eat because I'm unhappy. I eat because I'm depressed. And then, you know, um, trying to work on those underlying problems uh, and, you know, there'd be days I wasn't stressed. I'm eating compulsively. I eat compulsively no matter what. The end of a perfect day, you know, if I'm, sad, if I'm upset, if I'm celebrating, if life's exciting, if life's traumatic and tragic, I'm eating compulsively. No amount of self-knowledge, there's no trick my mind can use to keep 
me away from compulsive eating. And I tried using hypnosis and cognitive behavioral therapy and, you know, and, and, and sorry, those are outside. I, I tried using outside, outside measures to try to get me uh, cured, recovered, you know, you know, fix this and nothing worked. So we need to turn to our higher power. Um, and, and, and Fred's really an experiencing a first step situation, a first step experience, flat on his back, you know, all his determination, all his splendid judgment right out the window. Um, very instructive indeed. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jason. Next, we have Leslie W. Leslie? Hey, thanks, Chris, for your service. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Um, so I just wanted to talk about this, you know, the fact that um, he was yet, yet he was flat on his back, nevertheless. Um, I, 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 too, tried to wrap my mind around why I was doing the things that I was doing with food and I couldn't stop. Um, I had so many good things going for me in my life at that time, and yet I woke up every morning not wanting to get out of bed. Um, and I lived for the next time I could eat. You know, every my day was just just counting the minutes between when I could eat again. Um. And so, you know, we all know what that's like. If you're on this line, you know what that's like. Um, and I guess the thing that resonates for me when I see this is that I, 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 I could come up with a thousand, a thousand reasons why. I could sit here and I could tell you that I did what I did because um, because of my family, because of my postpartum depression, because of the pressures of being um, a mother, a wife, um, you know, being financially, um, having financial insecurity, all those reasons – I was baffled. I mean, I really was baffled by the fact that I could not stop overeating and hurting my body, hurting myself with food. Um, but none of that mattered because it, it, it still took me down nonetheless. And so I find that for me, um, the only way I could get better was to discard all of that stuff. Who cares that I have a college degree? Who cares that I own my own business? Who cares about any of that crap? Like, like I can't stop eating cake. I can't, I can't stop eating jars of peanut butter, you know, <laughs> um, and I'm miserable. So instead of asking the question, you know, um, why me? I have to ask the question, what now? You know, what do I do now? I can't afford, if I want to live a life, have a, any kind of life, I can't afford to be caught up in that that kind of 
questioning, that kind of analyzing, that 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 line of thinking. I can't afford to go down that rabbit hole because because that will take me down just as much. So I today for today I just try to focus on what I need to do next for my recovery so that I can have a life that God intends for me to have. Thanks. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> Next up, we have Vasa O. Vasa, your turn. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Craig, for your service. And Vasa, grateful. Calling from uh, poor Charlotte, Florida, recovering from seamless, hopeless malady. I, uh, I can relate with uh, Fred so much. You know, I was successful in my, many other areas, but when it came to the food, it was just killing me. And I've been looking for the solution for 25 years of my life before I came to Overeaters Anonymous. It's not like I wasn't looking. I, I tried everything. I heard of all the diets in the world, you know, and uh, I must have gained hundreds and, and lost hundreds and hundreds of pounds, gaining and losing, gaining and losing. And I was just so thrilled to find, and I do believe my higher power brought me into Overeaters Anonymous, and to find out about the allergy, the body allergy that followed the mental obsession. Uh, and I was suffering from spiritual malady. I was grateful to hear about the spiritual spiritual part. If they said to me, God, or oh, this is a religion, I probably would have, I would have walked out right from the first meeting. And I hung on that, the spirit, the, you know, the spiritual experience. The, that's what I needed the most, and I didn't even know that I did. And uh, I was, as I said, I was self-sufficient. I could do everything by myself. But when it came to the food, I was baffled. I tried so many times. I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And this was my last stop. You know, somebody gave me the big book, and this was the solution, you know. And I was excited. I was delighted to find out, you know, that about the food allergy and um, about the mental obsession that I could not stop about eating, because I was putting those foods into my body. It was a, and I had the allergy, and I had no clue. And I was ready, and I was just so, so willing to surrender to a power greater than myself, not God. Today I can say God, but years ago, that, that letter, that God, it scared the, the crap out of me. So, um, and I don't feel like that any longer. I, I do have a loving God in my life today. So um, I did get my abstinence right from the beginning it's by the grace of my higher power, not because of my own doing or because somebody else told me what how to get my abstinence. I know it came from my higher power as a gift of, of God. And I kept on hearing, put the food down, clean house, and help others, and followed the steps the way they laid out. And I did, and I do to the best of my ability. I suffered with perfectionism. I'm not a perfect person. Only my higher power is perfect. I'm a human being. I've done a lot of mistakes, and other people make mistakes. 
But I'm, I forgive myself and I forgive other people and I pass. All right. <clears throat> Thanks, Vasa. Next we have Vanessa. Uh, Vanessa N., I think it is. Hello? Vanessa? Hi, this is Vanessa and calling from California, gratefully in recovery, and so grateful to be here today. And thank you, everybody, for your service and the wonderful shares. It is always so helpful. Um, I don't know what I would do without you guys. And um, reading, being reminded in this paragraph and also by calling this line every day about the progressive nature of the disease is such an important, vital part of my recovery because I really need to be reminded of that every single day. And that is one of the ways that higher power reminds me is by listening to the line. And um, uh, one of the, I, it's really early here. So a lot of people know, and I know there's so many amazing people on the West Coast that get up every single day to be on this call live, and I do not. I usually listen to it later. And for some reason, I'm really attached to this meeting because this is the one I used to always listen to before I started, before I introduced myself. And so I'm like, I need to be on the 4 a.m. meeting, and um, usually higher power will wake me up right at 4, well, 7 East Coast, but for my time on the days that higher power wants me to share, and today was one of those days. Um, but today I was like, no, I'm tired. I want to go back to sleep. I can listen later. Um, yet I have continued to pray to be, you know, to clearly be guided in higher power's will and the power to carry it out. And I realized, no, I need to share. And something I wanted to say on this line, um, I know there's a lot of people on it and a lot of people that listen to the recording. I've been guided also to to say this little piece because I've had this experience and I had a conversation with a fellow just in the last week who was very triggered by something and they had no idea. Um, and that, that knowledge is that um, sushi rice has a ton of sugar in it. And I just feel compelled to share that because people have no idea and they think it might be a safe food. Usually doesn't come with ingredients on it, um, and it really triggers people. And when I discovered that, I it was a it made a lot of sense. Um, so I just felt compared to share that, and I just want to say thank you, everyone, for reminding me every single day of the progressive nature of this disease that I need my higher power and all of you to help me with this and to help me recover. So thank you, and with that, I pass. All right, <clears throat> thank you. Unfortunately, uh, we're out of time. Um, so, um, Nancy R. and Rachel B., uh, you, you want to share? You're just going to have to hold over to the to the uh, second hour, uh, and uh, I'm sure Matt will find a way to work you in. So, thanks to everyone who did share. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today's meeting, the ones just concluding, is 16,481, 16481. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Barbara? Barb, star one to unmute.
I was unmuted and then muted again. Sorry. Grateful to be with my brothers and sisters today in recovery. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you can't transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.